The Divine Mother and all of you, I bow to her. Actually, all of us ought to keep a thought in our minds. We may be Shiva Bhaktas, Ram Bhaktas, Krishna Bhaktas. Always keep a corner in your heart for the Divine Mother. Because that aspect of God is... Uh, the Mother is closer than the Father. The Father aspect of God is more watchful, more distant. Krishna came on earth to show a kind of lila of love. But that love was always in his case impersonal. You know, one time he and Radha were walking in the forest and Krishna got an, an intuitive understanding that she was beginning to think of him as her own. And to teach her a lesson, he said, Are you tired? Would you like me to carry you? Oh, she was so pleased. She said, Yes, Lord. So he said, It's up over. I'll jump on your back. He jumped on her back and he dis uh, she jumped on his back and he disappeared and she fell flat on her face. And uh, then he, when she said, Lord, I'm so sorry, please forgive me, I understand. He manifested himself again and they went walking through the forest. But divine love is not personal. Never do you have, uh, can you have that thought that you own somebody. And Krishna, also in the Rasha Leela, it was as my guru explained, that it was really incarnated rishis in those forms of the gopis. That love was not what human consciousness has made it. It was always pure, divine love. There was nothing of romance in it. And even the Rosha Lila, which is a moment of supreme romance, you might think, nevertheless, it was all God dancing with God. And when you can learn to dance with God in his joy, it's a wonderful Lila. But to remember the Divine Mother is also beautiful because in that memory you remember somebody whose whole love goes to you, is only interested in taking care of who accepts you, sinner or no, or saint, it doesn't matter. She loves all equally. When I met my guru, there was, uh, I had come all the way from New York, that's 3,000 miles nearly, and uh, the woman at the desk there said that his appointments were completely booked for two months. And I was crushed. I mean, I'd come all that way. And I, I, it was sort of, I had not been accustomed to meeting setbacks in my life. And I decided, well, maybe it's just, maybe I'm just not ready. So I'll get a job and I'll live near here and I'll come when I can. And when he's ready to see me. Then he will see me. Well, in, at that moment, I was just about to leave when the secretary came over to me and she said, since you've come from such a distance, I will ask him. And when he saw me, he said to me, I want you to know it wasn't because you came from so far away. Divine Mother told me to see you. Divine Mother figured very largely in my training under him. Divine Mother is my own personal Ishtadevata, you might say. And uh, I want to add one thought. Many people think that to live in an ashram is when they can finally seek God in earnest. That is not true. God can come to you wherever you are. 
There's a story that I want to read from Conversations with Yogananda. It's a very short story, perhaps a good compensation for last time when I read a long story. Master said, it isn't enough merely to live in this holy place, Mount Washington. Some people who live here waste their time playing the organ and engaging in other idle pursuits. There are many rats and mice in the canyon on this property. They are not progressing spiritually. To develop in spirit, you have to make a deep individual effort. Remember, it's always a matter between you and God, and your environment won't do it for you. I we lived in Vashishta Guha, uh, the cave up where Rishi Vashishta used to live, or near it, and uh, I was there for three, four weeks. I saw some of the monks lying there sleeping all the time. So they're in a spiritual place. That's not going to give it to them. Don't think that just by visiting holy shrines that you're going to get there. Remember Ganesha when his divine parents told him to go on pilgrimage, went around his parents three times, and that was his pilgrimage. You don't have to go here or go there. Go to God in your own heart. That's the highest pilgrimage. People go panting, rushing here and rushing there, and then thinking they've accomplished something. Maybe they get a certain amount of good karma. Well, what good is good karma if you can go on getting bad karma? In other words, you've got their ego. It's not enough to have good karma. You have to reach the point of having no karma. Yes, when my guru met me, he said, you have good karma, therefore I accept you. Yes, it's karma that brings you up to that point. But finally, just like a thorn in the flesh, if you take another thorn, you can throw both thorns away. Remove the one and get rid of both of them. So good karma helps to overcome bad karma. But in the end, you want to get rid of all karma by thinking, he alone is the doer. Don't think, meanwhile, well, when I have time, then I will meditate more. Well, when I have time and am free, maybe I will go and live in an ashram. Don't imagine that the gates will clang shut and suddenly you'll be in heaven. Don't imagine that there'll be suddenly this big change and you'll be a saint. It doesn't work like that. But it does work with that kind of determination, a wonderful determination that was shown by one of the great saints of South India. His name was Sadashiva. You may know his story. One time, when he was a young man, he was living in his parents' house. And uh, he was studying and meditating, when one day there was a lot of commotion in the house, and he said, well, what's all this commotion about? They said, well, we're preparing for the arrival of your bride-to-be. And he thought about it, and he thought, well, if only her coming is able to create so much commotion, what will her arrival be like? And he left by the back door and never went home again. That kind of determination is what it takes to seek God. One time he was a very intelligent young man and could best anybody in argument. And uh, he was arguing with an older man and the older man was losing the argument as usually happened. And his guru said to him, to Sadashiva, when will you learn to hold your tongue? Sadashiva said, instantly, Master, if I have your blessings. From then on, he never spoke another word. This kind of determination is what it takes when I hear so many people say, well, when I'm 
old enough when I retire, then I will go. What will you go to the Himalayas with? A big trunk full of all your memories. That's not, that's not the way to do it. You've got to, as Lahiri Mahashai, my Param Param Guru used to say, make friends with God in the summer of your life if you want him to be with you in the winter of your life. But it doesn't matter when you come to him. You know, there was an old woman in Seattle, Washington, in America. She had been an atheist all her life. When she met Guruji, somehow she, his presence completely converted him. It wasn't his argument. It was that in his presence she could feel, yes, God was real. She spent the rest of her life, and you can imagine it was not very long, she had an orange cloth that she always looked at and marigold flowers, which are orange, to remind her of the color of his robe. She played a recording of his, God, 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 and uh, did everything she could to always remember him. He told me that in this life, that life, she found freedom. You don't have to worry. I mean, yes, it would be wonderful if you could start young, but whenever you start from then on, give it your energy. Don't just think, well, it takes time. Yes, it takes time. Why let it take time? It doesn't have to. I said to my guru one time, because somebody had had a vision of being with him many thousands of years ago, and I was rather horrified. I said, Master, have I been your disciple for thousands of years? He said, it's been a long time, that's all I'll say. I was a little appalled. I didn't want to think I was the only laggard. So I said, well, sir, does it always take so long? He said, yes. Desires for name, fame, the thing and that thing take them away again and again until finally they learn their lesson. So, yes, it can take a long time. Yes, it does take a long time. But who knows how long you've had before this. That you, The only time needed, because we're living in timelessness, there's no such thing as time, really. The only thing you really need is to reach the point finally where you say, no, I really want God and I want nothing else. I was with a brother disciple. He'd always had sort of a bent to be a scientist. And he met somebody who was a scientist and said that, oh, you could have been a great scientist. It was all it took. Hmm. I could be a great scientist, eh? That simple thought took him off the path. Not into science, unfortunately, but took him off the path. It fed his ego. Little things can feed your ego. Don't underestimate the power of delusion. But if you really know that what you want is that truth alone, not your ego, the time will come, and why shouldn't it come right now? Just say, I want God, I want nothing else, and just cut through it all. Like a story Ramakrishna used to tell of a woman who went to her husband. She said, I'm worried about my brother. He's talking of renouncing the world. And her husband said, well, what is he doing to prepare for? Oh, he's giving up things one by one and trying to reduce his income and reduce his possessions. And the husband said, oh, he'll never do it that way. She said, well... What do you mean? How should he do it? <laughs> the husband said, like this. He took off everything but his coping. He bowed to his wife. He said, from now on, I look upon you as my mother. Left the room and left the house and never came back. Now, that kind of determination, I don't recommend to everybody because if it's an emotional thing, then it, he'll come back to his wife or one other wife. 
That's a mistake people make sometimes. I don't mean to be harebrained in your search, but I mean to be that kind of determined that you don't think when, 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 but think now. And if that now means taking one step, okay. My guru had a vision one time. He was standing in a very dusty marketplace and people were bargaining and shouting and there were dogs running everywhere and cows. And uh, Every now and then someone would come and stand in front of him, look at a place above him and would say, oh, this look of inexpressible yearning came over his or her face. And then always the answer was, well, it's much too high for me. And they would go back and go around their affairs. Finally, my guru looked around and he saw that behind him there was this beautiful mountain. And at the top of this mountain there was the most beautiful garden. And his first thought was, oh, that's where I want to live. And the first thought came to him then, well, but it's so high. But instead of thinking it's too high for me, he said, well, but at least I can put one foot in front of the other. And he put one foot in front of the other and finally reached the mountain top. That's what you have to do. Don't think, oh, well, I'm not on that level. You can put one foot in the front of the other. You may see yourself as very imperfect. There was a story of a Bengali disciple of masters who was too restless and joking all the time. And my guru said to him, why do you joke so much? You keep people light. Be more serious. And the disciple said, well, I would like to be more serious, sir, but how can I do it? How can I change without your blessings? When I've told that story to Indian audiences, they say, oh, what a beautiful answer. <laughs> they didn't like his answer. When Guruji answered him, he said, my blessings are with you already. God's blessings are there. It's your blessings that are lacking. You have to bless yourself. God, don't, don't say, well, wait till God wants you. He wants you now. Don't say, well, when I find a guru, if you want God deeply enough, he will send you a guru. Don't think you have to go running around looking for a guru. God will send him. I can give my experience that way. All the way from New York to Los Angeles, my first words were, I want to be a disciple. A young American boy without any thought of following anybody. I was such a rebel, I left college because I thought these fools can't teach me anything that I want. It dignified professors. I don't say I think I really called them fools, but they weren't what I wanted. When I met him, I knew that was what I wanted. When you meet your guru, you will know. But make that decision right now, this moment. Why waste time? I mean, you're listening to this talk, and I'm trying to get you to do this. And instead of thinking, mm, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Well, maybe next Thursday I'll have some time to think about it. Think about it now. Do it now. You can find God, and you can find him quickly. It's never a question of how long. Time doesn't exist. You know, a friend of mine went to the, a friend of a friend of mine, I should say, went to the Brigu Sangita in Hoshiarpur. And in that Brigu Sangita, it said, while this is being read, a there will be a thunderclap in the sky. The sky was completely blue. No sign of rain clouds, nothing. Just as that passage was read, there was a loud thunderclap. Brigu, living thousands of years ago, could easily come forward in time because time doesn't exist. The masters come and go in time. Don't think in terms of time. It's really a delusion. When you live truly 
in the eternal now, and why not in my lessons, the material success through yoga, yoga principles. There was one lesson that I wrote was a lot of fun for me, but very difficult. It took me several weeks of meditating on it to see how could I bring this high yoga principle of timelessness into the marketplace, into the bazaar, into the business office. But I succeeded. And uh, in fact, there's, uh, we can live in timelessness even now. I've discovered that in my life, that when I had to do something that I thought would take me a year or two years, if the time I had to do it was very short, God gave me the understanding to be able to do it right then. That's happened to me again and again. And thus I speak from my own experience. You can banish time if you can bring timelessness into your own work. So many people like the American Indians pass a peace pipe and uh, deliberate slowly. You'll never get real answers that way. Put your mind up here at the point between the eyebrows. Send energy to God. M create a magnetic field that will attract to you by your willpower what you want. And remember that the goal of life is to be yourself. Walk like a man. Act like children. Walk like a man Even though you walk alone Why court approval Once the road is known Let come who will But if they all turn home The goal still awaits you See?